and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Today, I am so excited to be on with Adrienne Garland, who is the owner and founder of She Leads Media, a boutique marketing consultancy and media production company dedicated to creating opportunities for women entrepreneurs and leaders around the world. She's also the host of the incredibly popular podcast, Sugarcoated, and is the brainchild behind the She Leads conferences. Adrienne, welcome. Hello, Lori. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we are thrilled to have you on. Um, I'd love to start with you telling us all about She Leads. You're doing a million different things for female entrepreneurs. So tell us what you've been up to. Sure. And thank you so much. I'm really excited to share anything that I can with your listeners who I think are the same uh, people that I really try to help through She Leads Media. Uh, So, yes, I, I do... I offer many different things for women entrepreneurs and women leaders, but it's all wrapped together with the mission that it's important for women to get their ideas, thoughts, and opinions out into the world. So She Leads Media is really a platform for women to be able to do that. And that the way that we do that is through conferences, through podcasts and the podcast network, through events, and then through marketing consulting and business development so that they can help to grow their businesses, so that we can help them to to grow their businesses. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I love it. And it's so needed in the space because I have to tell you, I've been a female entrepreneur now for you know, over 20 years. And I feel like it's just been kind of exploding in the last five, really. I I don't know that there were a ton of resources out there beforehand. No, there weren't. And it's so funny. That's one of the reasons that I started the She Leads conference back in 2013. And it was really because there, there wasn't, there were resources and there have always been resources like the Small Business Administration and, mm-hmm. you know, some lo- local chambers of commerce, et cetera. But there really wasn't sure. anything that I found that was specific to women leaders and women entrepreneurs that went beyond the basics. Yes. And I think regional-based. Those all are so regional-based. And so having one yes. kind of clearinghouse for female entrepreneurs is incredible. So because you talk to so many female entrepreneurs and have for years and years, what do you hear again and again? What would you say is the top concern you hear from females when they're starting or running their own business? You know, I, it, it's so funny. Uh, there's the people that attend the Shuey's conferences, and they really are women that are looking for inspiration, and they're looking to other women who have started successful businesses, because no matter how intelligent, accomplished we are, we, there's some, there's a disconnect. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's not about the knowledge. I mean, we all hear the statistics about how women won't go for certain positions until they have, you know, 99.9% of the, of, you know, the requirements. So I right. think that, that, that's something that I think women tend to do is we 
are constantly trying to edu- educate ourselves on, you know, what is the, the best thing for me to do? What's the next best step? And I would say that they're looking for the answer. And yeah, quite frankly, I don't think that, that the answer is there. The answer comes through action. Yes, I was just going to say action. We're so busy researching, right? And educating oh. ourselves that we forget to take the leap. <laughs> yeah, and afraid. Or it's, 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 it's hysterical. The, I recently started uh, teaching, actually, and I, I love it. Uh, but I'm teaching a graduate uh, class in entrepreneurship and business plan development at the oh, NYU. It. Yeah at uh, NYU Tisch uh, Center for Hospitality. So it's all around event management. And I have a lot of people in my class and I love them all. And, you know, one of the things as we're sort of going through the texts and talking about everything is that it, you know, it's obviously critically important to understand, you know, who your customers are and what they want. But even more so, and I keep emphasizing this, and I'm like, gosh, I need to take my own advice, is it's <laughs> taking action and putting something yeah. out there and getting the feedback. And what I hear from women is, oh, I have this idea. I was thinking about this. What if I tried that? And, and it's all up in our head because we're so right. afraid to put something out there. And I think it's for fear of negative feedback, criticism, you know, all of the things that have held women back in the workforce. It's like we're uncertain of ourselves. Yeah. And it's not our fault. I think that's so it. I think that's so it. And it's funny, as you're speaking, I was thinking back, I'm laughing because one of the things I do every day is a journal. I journal and I put like one small step that will take me to my larger goal. And almost exactly this time last year, in my journal, it said, Google how to start a podcast. <laughs> so, you know, I started without knowing what the heck I was doing, but here we are a year later. I have you on the show. It's so exciting. I mean, it really is. There have definitely been some stumbling blocks along the way, but if I hadn't just taken that first step to Google, how do you start a podcast? Uh, right. We wouldn't be here today. So I think you're That's absolutely right. right. It's just these, it's taking that first step to like put your ideas into action. Yeah. And one of the other things that I think is super important too is I think we're all afraid. We are afraid of something. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of success. We're afraid that people aren't going to like us, you know, whatever it is. Right. And I think something that is super important is we'll have fear. So we shouldn't focus on trying to eradicate the fear. We should know that we have the fear and do it anyway, like move through the fear. Yes. No, I think that's true. And not to make this a male-female discussion, but I think males are so much better at that than females are. They tend to, they're afraid, but they go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah. And for some reason, <laughs> we really get stuck. As female entrepreneurs, we really get stuck in our fear. Yeah. So I think that. Well, and along those lines, you know, taking the next steps, I just recently read an interview with you in Huffington Post, a great interview, and you talk about scalable business. And I think the other yeah. thing is females, and I'm, I have this myself, I have a service-based public relations business in addition to careering. And it just hit me like a load of bricks. I'm like, yes, scalable. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, creating scalable businesses and how we make that happen? 
Yes. And I think, again, going back to your other question, this is also something that women entrepreneurs are constantly asking, you know, how do I start a business that's scalable? And so much of of this, I believe, is really, it's mind work and thought work that we need to do. So I also have a service-based business, the marketing consulting business. And oftentimes when women start businesses, they, they start a business around what they know. And that's a, a great thing. But what ends up happening is there's only so much time in the day right? So if, if you right. have a service-based business and you're the service provider, then you max out. And right. a, another component of this is we price our offerings based on what our salaries may have been in the corporate world. And we don't take right. into account the fact that we really should be pricing our services at a much higher rate because we will not be able to scale at all unless we can bring people on to help us. And that is, I think, critical mistake number one. We start businesses without having it in our minds that we, that we can't do it on our own or, or, that we, or that we have to do it on our own have to because do we it. have to right. prove something. Exactly. So we back ourselves into a corner and we can never get out of it because we are not understanding that in order to grow and to scale and to replicate that we need to think about the business as a business rather than an extension of ourselves. Yes. So and I think what happens yes. to me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm yeah. so, so digging what you're saying right now. What happens to me especially, and I'm sure you is when you're kind of dynamic and you really make up the face of that business, the question then becomes, well, if I am the business, how do I step out of that role and ensure that I can continue to grow? Exactly. And there, you know what? There's some there's some great books out there. And oh, I wish I, I uh, could say right off the top of my head, I'm going to have to think about it. Um, but there's some great books out there that really teach you how to scale. What is the thing that you're going to scale? Yes, you can mm-hmm. still be the face of your business, but but the way that you do things, you have to systematize that and be able to teach somebody on your team, on your staff, how to take the steps that you take. And it's important mm-hmm. to take the time to do that and put those operating procedures into place because otherwise you're never going to get out of the doing, doing. You're never going to yes. work on your business, you're constantly going to be working in your business. And so it's important to also look at your business and look at all the things that you do and figure out what are the components that are scalable and replicable. Yes, I love that. And even for me, like it's funny, I was having a conversation with my husband the other night and I was kind of working through an issue and he started smiling at me and I said, we literally have the same conversation every two years, don't we? This is this is a circle. I'm yep. coming to you with this problem every two years. And it goes back to what you're saying about scale being scalable, knowing what you can outsource, but you know, keep the personality of your company, but outsource the rest to figure out a way to grow. Exactly. 
Well, I love it. And along those lines, you do, I mean, you are the epicenter of a woman who's got a lot of things growing right now. So tell us how you keep that in balance or do you keep it in balance with your family life and your home life? How, How do you make everything work? Yeah, you know, I don't know, honestly, how, I mean, it's it's funny, I, I know that we want to talk about, you know, some habits and things like that. And I was thinking to myself, yeah. gosh, I don't know. I mean, I think I do have some habits, but I don't have, you know, this routine where I'm getting up at, you know, 530 meditating, sure. <laughs> going to oh, exercise, right. no, although I don't that's like something that I, that I would love to do. <laughs> but uh, so I think that I think that balance is possible. I know that some people say, oh, balance is impossible. But I do think that balance is possible. It's figuring out for yourself what success means and then being able to be okay with what those consequences are. So uh, an example from my life is, you know, I had a corporate career that was great until it wasn't great. And, right. and that's why I left and I started my own business. And at the time, my family, my children were in middle school. And okay. so it, it actually came at a great time that I started my business and left the corporate world because I was spending an inordinate amount of time commuting into New York City and just sort of not being home until, you know, 8, 8.30 at night. And then if I had a business trip or something like that, being away from home. And so I really wanted to be around at that critical time for my, my family. And so Mm -hmm. I, I launched my business and, but I didn't go a hundred percent all in. It was almost like I launched more of a, uh, you know, like a part-time business, if you will. And I took a dramatic, dramatic cut in the income that was, was coming into our household. And it created issues. I mean, right. you know, when you, when you go from a, an incredible corporate salary to, yeah. you know, <laughs> less than what you were making when you graduated from college, <laughs> it causes problems. But the trade-off there for me was that I was able to, to be around and I actually have been sort of around, if you will, since my children were in middle school and now they're, you know, 19 and, and 20. And so, or I'm sorry, 17. <laughs> what am I talking about? 19 and 20. 17 and 20. <laughs> but I think that the balance comes in is, you know, that works for me then for at that point in my life. And now, since everybody, well, I won't give them a ton of credit that they're a little bit more <laughs> independent. independent. Although, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I can, you know, increase the the throttle on she leads because I have more headspace to dedicate to it. And I have been yeah. doing a lot of thinking around, okay, what are the components of Sheely's that can be scalable? Because right yeah. now we don't have that baked into our model. 
Okay, right. And again, I just think it's this service, kind of this idea of helping women, and we forget that piece of the puzzle. Yeah. But I love what you said about raising your children, because I started my business before I had kids, and so I've actually had my PR side of the business. I've had it through all of my children's stages. They're now 12 and 14. And so I think you're absolutely right about hitting the gas or hitting the brakes. And I think true success is being able to control that process, right? To where you are in your life. So it's not necessarily the money. Well, it can be, I guess. I guess, like you said, it all depends on defining success. And for me, it was being able to find that balance as my kids grew, but still still manage and own a successful company. Because I think for a lot of women who are in leadership roles, they really enjoy that piece of working and don't want to let it go. Yeah. And, you know, something that I just came out, I think on Wednesday, was the McKinsey study about women in the workplace. And it's it's so unfortunate that women are feeling so much pressure because they're having to be you know, the teachers and running their businesses or working at a company, and they're seriously considering pulling themselves out of the workforce. And I think it's such a tragedy. Yeah, and no, it's I would agree. Put us back. Yeah. Well, and not only that, I mean, there's so many things wrapped up in that report and the sentence you just gave. I mean, truly the amount of pressure that I see on my colleagues and friends right now who are female is. I feel like everyone's at a boiling point, like everyone is at the max of what they can be accomplishing right now. But I think for females who really enjoy work and have been working, it is a tragedy to have them pull themselves out because that's a piece of self-care that I think we don't look at enough is if you're really gaining value from your job. And on the other hand of this, why are women the ones that are pulling themselves out? (laughs) Come on, Dad. Step up and pull yourself out. I mean, if the if the female's really enjoying and finding success, why aren't the dads coming home in droves? Yeah, I know. And oh gosh, I and that's one of the things that you know in all of this that I feel grateful for is that I am not having to contend with the homeschooling. Right? If I were, I don't know what I would do. So. My advice and anything that I say is coming from a perspective of someone who's sort of on the other side of that. But, you know, I may have made the same decision that many of these other women are, you know, considering making. And it really, it's, it's, what's so unfortunate about it is, you know, women make less than men in the workforce on average, right? And then, Right. They make less if, if it's minority, less if it's Hispanic. You know, it's, it's, it is literally a tragedy. And so what ends up happening is when you, you know, you have two people who are working for employers and the husband oftentimes is making more money because that's right. just how the system is set up. So the, the, it's like by default, well, who's making more money, Right. Right. Exactly right. Even even that beyond the money, it's crazy. We could talk, we could have a whole nother show about this, honestly. So I need to stop ripping on this. But I will say the other side of that is just all of a sudden, all of the childcare, like appointments, getting them to, you know, these new pods that have started, the distance learning for, for whatever reason, what I've seen that tends to fall more on the female member of the household. And so it's just creating this whole interesting dynamic right now. The whole situation that's happening right now is fascinating in terms yeah. of how men and women run the household and their careers. 
And let me be yeah. honest, men are getting the definitely the better end of the deal <laughs> yes. for the most part. <laughs> yes, they well, are. Like I said, <laughs> I could talk to you all day. You are such a wealth of information. But um, if there's one piece of advice or encouragement you could give female leaders, what would you end with for us? What's the piece that you would tell those female leaders out there that are trying to work home, life, school, business, teaching? What can we share with them? I would say that the main piece of advice would be to believe so hard in yourself and your capabilities and stop diminishing your value. I am not going to say anything else because we need to end right there. That is the best piece of advice I can imagine right now. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Adrian, for being on the podcast. I have really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation, and I agree. I think we could have talked for much longer. I know. We need to be. We need to create like a two-hour podcast next time you're on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so All much. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you. Thank you.